like have courage and like speak up about things like just like you know go with your gut speak up and just like have courage like I I've had moments in my life where I I felt that like or like look back and just thought like I wish I would have spoken up and I wish I believed in my capabilities a little bit more and just had the courage to say whatever is on my mind and just go with it all things career i'm your host mamadou enjai um here with another great episode we are rolling through this i think we're at episode 31 um super excited to be back on here uh but before we get started i want to introduce patrick patrick is one of our technically first like virtual interns because he doesn't actually live in illinois uh, but patrick i'll let you introduce yourself real quick say what's up to everyone yeah, hi, my name is Patrick. I am a senior at Bridgewater State University, which is in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, and I'm studying communication studies with a public relations concentration. It's a lot taken, I know, but um, with DIM, what I do is the, I'm a public relations intern, and I, what I do is mostly kind of like set up these podcast meetings like we're doing right now. Very cool. And Patrick has a great background, if y'all can see, like, it's just beautiful <laughs> in the background. Uh, and then getting to our guest today, Dre, how are you? It's hi, you're calling in from where? Where are you at right now? Um, from Miami, mm, very nice, very nice. Can you tell us just real quick who you are, what you do? Um, okay, so my name is Andrea Becerra, but my friends call me Dre. Um, I am the co founder and managing editor of The Hungry Post. Um, the Hungry Post is a restaurant recommendation platform. Um, so that's kind of like the basis of what we do, but we have like a lot of things like going on. It's like a whole 360 experience of food and beverage based in Miami. We have a small, uh, smaller account in New York and we hope to, you know, uh, grow a little bit more and go to other cities. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about us. So, so cool. And, you know, I I didn't get to tell you this, but I love Miami. Uh, I'm really trying to come there for Christmas, but I don't know if that's possible. We'll oh, see my God, come. Day. And Mary <laughs> will actually be with me during that time. So I feel like oh, amazing. That would be great. Yeah. So we should definitely go there. But I love the food in Miami. Obviously, the weather is great, escaping the winter. Um, but can you tell us a little bit of how you got started or even before we go there, right? Let's talk a little bit about your job, right? As a co-founder, as someone who's created something, right? What does that mean? Um, so it's been a journey. Um, we started like in 2011. Obviously it was, we never thought it was gonna be what it was, what it became or what it's becoming because it's still, you know, it's always changing. Um, so I guess in the beginning, it was, it was more like, I love to write. Um, and I always wanted to, I was between working in the music industry and working in the food industry. Those are kind of like the two things I love the most. And I always feel like there's something like there that is connected. Um, like I like to relate food to music. Um, wait, can you hear me? Yep. Like a car. Okay, cool. So 
I kind of decided that I was going to go the food route. Um, and writing was kind of like what I chose as my medium to like express um, myself and, you know, share, share with, share with others, like the stories, uh, you know, that have to do with like food in Miami. Um, so yeah, I like, I never, I guess in the beginning, it was never like, oh, I'm a founder of something. It was just kind of like, oh, let's start this cool project. And like, I like to write. So let me, you know, share, share what I know or what, you know, what I feel like people would think is interesting um, with others. Um, so that's kind of how it started. Um, and then it kind of became like, how do we connect? How do we, it's obviously digital, you know, like it's, it started kind of as a blog and it was always supposed to be and I think it still has that like tone like very friendly like it's not it's very like for it's for locals um and obviously you know tourists that come to Miami and that like want like that local voice so we speak like it's like a lot of inside jokes mm. so you know Miami's like a very special place full of lots of Latins um it's just like multicultural um and just like that's always like the tone um so it's like we'll speak in spanglish sometimes which is like english and spanish yeah. um so that was kind of you know like it was always like let's have fun with this food is fun it's not serious or we, at least we didn't want it to be i mean i'm sure it can be for other people but for us it was like let's let's have fun with this um we want to be like those friendly recommendations um and and yeah just be kind of like just relaxed in the way that we wanted to express ourselves and like we don't like to be associated with like you know uh reviewing restaurants it was always like recommendations so it was always meant to uplift um the industry and showcase like the amazing talent that we have um in the city and that's growing and that maybe larger cities like New York and LA, even Chicago kind of like would overlook. It's like, no, there's like a lot of special things happening in Miami and we've seen it in the last five, 10 years, even this year, which has been crazy. Um, my brother-in-law, he actually is, um, he's a chef. He has a, he owns a bakery and we always talk about how this year we've seen some of the most creative and interesting food come out in Miami which is exciting and, you know, makes me want to keep going. So, yeah. That's so cool. I think one thing that's really interesting and just kind of like when you're building something and you talked about it a lot, right? And we always talk to the interns and students about this, but when you're building something, you're doing it because it's something that you love and you're passionate about. And that's how you really are able to scale it, right? Because you yeah. just want to see it grow. And it's like, it's like a baby to you, right? Like you just want to see it grow and be out there and have people accept it and understand it for what you built it for. And I think that's totally. so interesting because I feel like nowadays, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but a lot of people kind of just get into it and just like, hey, I'm just going to build this company and then I'm going to just sell it for a lot of money. And that's really it. And I think that sometimes that can definitely be an outcome of it, but it doesn't always start like that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I'm like a passion driven person. Um, so like, 
I don't think I could be doing something that I just generally didn't love. And, um, and that's what at the end of the day keeps me going. And, you know, this year has been really hard. Um, just, just because of the nature of like, you know, who we like the industry, even for the restaurant industry, it's just been so difficult. So it's like, how do we play a role in what's going on? And like, obviously like the pressure is different when you start something out of passion and love. And like, it's just kind of like, we never went into it thinking like, okay, we want this to be a business. It just kind of naturally happened. So, but now that we're in it, it's like, how do you maintain it? And how do you keep people interesting? So the pressure has changed. Um, and it's sort of like, what else can we do? And now it's like, now it's like, I mean, it's been like eight, seven to eight years. And like, it's not, it's not like the, like I always say, I'm not like a cookie cutter person. Like I don't, I don't fall into a mold and like, I've never, I don't feel like, like if you look at my resume and I know that like people think that's so important, but my resume is not like that cookie cutter resume. And it's like, I've, you know, I've learned a lot on my own and it's always like, it's a challenge because it's maybe I don't necessarily have like a mentor or like I've learned from someone. Um, but I think, you know, it's gotten me to where I am today. And yeah, sometimes it's a little scary and risky, but um, you know, I mean, what else are you gonna do, right? That's right. <laughs> um, going back to what you said about like the whole pressures, <clears throat> about the pressures changing and everything, like especially considering that the Hungry Post is an online format mostly. How would you say that like it's affected your day to day from like when it first started to where you are now? Yeah, of course. So one thing that I didn't mention, I feel like is going to be relevant um, is that in 2014, so we started it in 2011, it took us a year to launch, like have everything ready. So like Instagram was like becoming a thing. We had like really good timing in that sense. We were kind of like one of the first, um, which carried us very far within like Miami and like just like the restaurant community and just like, you know, as, as those people that like, they know what they're talking about and, and you can trust them, right? When you're looking for a restaurant recommendation. But in 2014, we wanted to, we wanted to, obviously we didn't want to just be like, we knew that we couldn't like be a blog and like live off of this. So we started um, doing events in 2014. So it was kind of like, let's try it. Let's see how it is. You know, we want to get people like connect everything, right? The people online to offline experiences. So um, we did one at a, it was the first one we did for free. And it was a happy hour and it was at a friend's restaurant, um, this restaurant called OTC. Um, it's no longer, it just no longer exists, but it was like one of our, one of our favorite restaurants. And I was like, Hey, like I asked our, our friend, like, can we like do, you know, host an event? Like you want to do like a happy hour, you do like a special limited menu. And then from there, like we was, we just see what happens. So we did it and we had amazing turnout. It was like packed. And we were like, okay, we're gonna do this. And like, this is the last one we do for free, like first and last. <laughs> so yeah, it was crazy. And like in Miami, Miami is like a special place in terms of like, everyone here is very social, but like at the same time, there's not a lot of things to do. So, cause everything is very spread out. Um, so it was like something like, okay, this is a really good way to like connect the dots. And um, so we started doing it and we created like an amazing business model so that, you know, like 
you know, the restaurants started seeing that we would bring people to them, people that not necessarily had gone to that restaurant. And it was like, just like incredible, like it was based on volume. So, um, so it was like the more people, the more money we would make. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a door fee and it just became like, not to brag or anything, (laughs) but like it became one of these like the best like party in Miami because it was like, it ended up being a party. Yeah, like food was always like at the center of it, but it was like, we had like several concepts. So like one of them was like a blurry brunch. So like I had lived in New York and well no before that I had gone to school in Boston I had I would go to New York and I would I was very familiar with these boozy brunch concepts right and I knew that New York they like worked so why wouldn't they work in Miami um so we started yeah so we started doing these blurry brunches um these sunset parties and it was like like we would hold like up to a thousand plus people so and we would do once a month and we would just like, it was just going really well. And then COVID happened. So that really changed everything for us. And it was like, I had just decided to move back to Miami cause I was like running um, our smaller account in New York. And um, I went to do, do, I went to grad school for a, a program in NYU called food studies. Um, so it was just like, you know, I had lived there for four years it was, you know, things were moving along really well in Miami. And it was like, okay, let me go back and like, just like dedicate myself to, you know, my project, like full time and just like run with the events. We wanted to do like smaller format events and like, it was going to be kind of like a membership program. And it was just like a really cool idea of, again, bringing people together in the community and like, people you know like that were similar to you and it was like a way to meet other people and and food was always a part of it and then COVID happened um so we couldn't do events anymore um which was completely challenging and like the year became about surviving right so it was like what do we need to do to survive and to like cover our budget and and to pay the people that are you know on our team And what else can we do in the meantime? So, you know, we started doing virtual events and we started all of us. So I have two partners, um, Jose and Alejandra. And together we were just kind of like, okay, we we're going to have to wear kind of like not start from scratch, but like reinvent ourselves. And, you know, we're still reinventing ourselves and like wear different hats and do things that maybe we weren't doing before, like, you know, it just became like, it had to be a lot more collaborative and not like, okay, this is your role. Like that kind of just like got thrown out the window and it was like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, do whatever we can to um, get through the year and see what else we can do. You know, like I, I'm, I'm a believer that these are the times that like innovation happens. And I know I'm not the only one. A lot of people like, you know, when things are like going wrong, it's like, okay, this is time to innovate see what the market needs, um, what you can do. So so my day-to-day definitely, to answer your question, my day-to-day definitely changed. Um, I was never really so involved with the events, but for example, like a week ago, we did our first in-person event, which was kind of crazy and like in a good way, but it was like, there were so many challenges and I never really lead those projects. I'm more on the editorial content, creative side of things. 
but I had the relationship with um, with the the restaurant that we were partnering with. So I kind of led that. It was like a dinner, a sit down dinner, um, mm-hmm. and it was like socially distanced, um, hundred people, a set menu. Um, but it was there was a lot of challenges and like how do you keep everyone safe and how do you make sure that people since we're known for parties, how do you make sure that people understand that this isn't a party and that um, you're gonna sit down and you're gonna have a dinner and yeah, you can shimmy in your seat, but that's pretty much it, you know? So that has been a challenge. Um, And to do those kinds of events, since our model is based on volume, we need, we definitely need a sponsor. So it's like, we've been doing a lot of work with sponsors. Um, So I, I, that was something new to me too. I never really like, I'm more behind the scenes. So like my other partners are more in the, you know, in the front with the, with the, with the brands that we're working with. So I kind of led that too, which was interesting. Not my favorite thing to do, to be honest. I I like to be behind the scenes. Um, But it was cool to see, you know, like just to be like the middleman, you know, and manage the relationship between the restaurant and the brands. So we did this one with, um, uh, Aquapana and San Pellegrino. So it was like a water. Uh, and it was a really, like, it was really interesting. And, you know, every day I learned something new. Um, it like doesn't get old. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like some, like an example of how my day to day has changed. Um, but yeah, like I'm still, you know, trying to go to restaurants and like be safe, obviously, and like have the conversations that I usually have. Um, you know, to like get to know other restaurants and see what else is out there. Because like I said before, like there's so many new things that are happening in Miami in terms of like food and beverage. Um, so yeah, it just like, it never, it never stops and it never changes. I think that's so fascinating, especially coming from the, the evolution part and the innovation part, right? A lot of, you know, this time is you, it's forced innovation, right? And, and you know, before it's kind of like, uh, we'll try innovating, right? But I think it's interesting to yeah. consistently evolve and just figure it out. And then, all right, this didn't work. Okay, we'll try this, right? And I think it really shows that that tenacious mindset is, you know, something that really helps to push organizations and move them forward. Um, I agree. These times and and yeah, shout out to you all because it's it's definitely <laughs> tough. I relate to it because we do events. <laughs> oh <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> here as well. And I remember right after because we had All Star Weekend here. Right after All Star Weekend, I think I came to New York for one last event, like the week after, and then everything else just got canceled. And we had like a whole tour we were doing, and all that stuff got canceled. And we just had to maneuver back around and and go to virtual events and start creating more content i.e the podcast and all this stuff that we were doing so um i I understand exactly how that feels at first it's like a punch in your gut and you're like (gasps) then you panic and then you're like all right it's not even time for me to panic i just gotta figure it out so yeah you just like enter like survival mode and you're like okay well like there's just no time to like dwell on like the fact that you can't do these events or whatever it was you were doing before it's just like I feel like I mean for me this this kind of environment kind of works in a kind of sick way (laughs) just because like I'm I like like I like to work under peer pressure so like 
even when I write and writing it just people like people that don't, don't write they don't understand that like you can't just sit and write something necessarily like it has to like like you have to be in the mindset and the space where you're where it's gonna come out or like you write something and it's not good and it's like okay so like I'm like like deadlines like I like to have deadlines but like if you tell me like okay so you have to write something for tomorrow I will leave it until the last minute possible because I feel like it'll come out better because I'm under pressure and I'm like there's no time to waste and like I gotta do it so that's kind of how I feel like this year has gone for me personally where it's like I've done things that are not in my comfort zone and like I've just had to do them and I just like I don't even know how they come to life or how they happen but I'm just like okay that's, this is it I have to do it so I feel like for when you're forced into this kind of like we always knew that we didn't that we had a cap in our events mm. we always knew that we always knew that like this mod, like okay like you know if a place can't hold that many people that's that's it like what else are we gonna do right so we always said okay we have to move away from these large format events and see what else is out there that we can monetize. So it was something that like was always like in the back of our heads, but it wasn't until this happened that we were forced to think outside of the box. And like, I kind of wish we wouldn't have been forced so we would be like more prepared, but like that's life and like, that's how we are. And, and yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I, with myself I find myself in like the same kind of boat where it's like with that deadline it'll be like oh you have a essay due on this day and I'll be like okay I'll save it to like the day before or something like that exactly <laughs> then, like, in my head I'll be going through like a mental spiral but I know it's like the best content I'll create right then and there yeah and I've I've like read about this stuff because I also give myself a hard time about like why do I have to leave everything to the last minute and it's just like some people, they're just built that way. And I'm one of those people. Like, stop, like I need to stop giving myself a hard time because that's the way I am. And like, it's clearly worked. And I don't know if that's a bad thing because maybe one day it won't work and I'll be like, oh shit, like, you know? But like, I was like that in college too. In college, I like, and in my, like, so I went to business school, but like, I took a lot of writing and literature classes because I just like fell in love with that. You know, I just fell in love with that. And a lot of my papers, I would literally wake up at five in the morning and finish them. Like, and have like, like, let's say I have the class at six at night. I would wake up at five and I would just like write the paper and then just like turn it in and like, it was good. So I was like, okay, this works, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's something about like, for me, I, I'm similar and I feel like, the thing that I say to myself is I just like to let it juggle around in my head until it's time to like have to spit it out. So like presentations, decks, all of that stuff, I'll have the ideas and like new idea will come to me and I might take a note here and there. But once it's like a day before or two days before, it's just executing it. Right. Yeah. And it's like your brain's working because you're thinking about it, but like maybe it's not on paper, you know? So, yeah. One thing I was curious about, especially since like I am my senior year now and I graduate next semester in May. And I feel like personally, I have no idea like what I want to do. But one thing I'm curious about is kind of like, how did you decide like when the Hungry Post kind of like came around, like the creation of it? How did you decide like that's something you want to do with writing and editorial work? 
yeah it's 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 weird um <laughs> I don't know so like yeah like I said before I went to business school thinking like okay like not necessarily knowing what I wanted to do with my life I still don't even know what I want to do with my life you know like that's like that's that's me so I went to business school and I was like okay I'll, I like creative stuff so like I'll you know do marketing that would be my major okay cool and then like I had to take electives and I had like the best like writing teacher like I hated writing in high school like writing I was like no way like I'm not that's too much pressure like I like to be creative I like to work with ideas but like I am a slow reader like it just didn't make sense but I had this one teacher that was amazing and she completely inspired me and then any chance I had an elective I would take classes with her so they, they like they were either like there were literature and writing classes so you know creative writing like American Gothic literature like who thought that I would be into that I like I was I don't even know where that came from but she was just such a good teacher that she completely inspired me and it just totally changed the way I thought about writing um and and so when I graduated I was like I I felt like I had to make a decision and I was like I wanted to go I wanted to move to New York like immediately and I was like I'm gonna work for a magazine like I'm gonna work for food magazine you know this is it and then in Miami like I met uh, my partners uh one of well one of my partners and he was telling me about this project that he had and this idea that he had the name so he had the name the hungry post and I was like oh cool and he was like I need someone creative like he was like a friend of a friend. So I kind of was like, okay, this is like a really cool opportunity to start something of my own from scratch. You know, um, let me see how this goes. So I kind of just jumped on it. And I mean, what Hungry Post, the idea of Hungry Post before to what it is today is so different um, and has evolved in so many ways and is still evolving. So, I don't know. I, I'm like the type of person that believes that like things happen for a reason. And I'm like, I go with my gut. So whatever my gut tells me, I'm like, and lately it's just steered me in the right direction. So I just keep on thinking like my gut, my gut, like I, if I follow my gut, like it'll take me places. So like, I guess my, I don't even know if you were asking me for advice, but my advice to you would be just go with your gut and like do something that you love. And like, I feel like the cards will just like, line or whatever that saying is I don't know it sounds kind of cheesy but like I'm that I just believe that I can't I wouldn't be able to force myself into doing like something else and like I've had other jobs and and like Hungry Post was always um like a side gig until this year even though this year because of what happened I started picking up like clients and stuff to help them with like their social media strategy and stuff um but it, but I feel like, like nobody can take that away from you. And like, if you love what you do, like, like what, you know what I mean? Like what else? Like, I don't know. Like I could never be in an, I could never have like, I've had nine to five jobs, but like that wasn't me. Like I just could tell. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not corporate at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. Like, I feel like I'm still, even after I graduate, I still feel like I'm going to be finding my place in the world no matter what, so. You still, are, and, like, yeah. you probably will do something, and you'll be like, yes, this is it, and then you'll, like, hate it, and then you'll move on to something next, something else, 
and it's like I don't know like things have happened to me that I, it's like I I don't know that have changed the way I feel like even my my grad school program like I always told myself I'm never gonna go to grad school unless it's something that I really like like I'm not gonna get an MBA like that's not me like no but if there's like a program that really speaks to me then like why not so when I saw this program, it's called Food Studies. I was like, okay, I want to get more knowledge about food so I can write better about food. But when I went, when I came out of the program, it was like a two-year program. So it's like the political and cultural side of food and you can like kind of pick your route. I never really thought I was going to go the political route. Like I didn't, I wasn't very interested, but there are some classes that you have to take. So as I was doing these like classes I was started to learn a lot about like how messed up our food system is and like how the government is like just like fucks everything up and it just opened my eyes and I just I be had I became like super interested in like sustainability and like how food like I took classes in food waste like things that I never imagined I like I thought I was gonna go for like the history for you know like how food plays a role in cultures. And I did do that, but I also started seeing like, oh my God, like there's so many problems with food and in the world and in this country and like how we throw away our food, how we recycle. Uh, like, like I just started learning all, all these things that, you know, I never imagined. And my thesis project, which you would have thought it would have been something that has to do with my business because I had my business this whole time, but it ended up being something that was, um, sustainable food packaging. So I just became really interested in that. And I know that I'll do something with that too. You know, like right now, like I'm not, but like I have an interest that I, I want to like, I want to do something in, in, in that world. So it's, it's like, I mean, I went to school, like, see what I'm saying? Like marketing in college, 18 year old that doesn't know shit. And then like, still doesn't know shit, but like, okay, now she's like interested in sustainability like I don't know so yeah I feel like that's just a testament of you going with your gut again like you just went with your gut and you found something you're like oh I like this this is dope like I can rock yeah exactly I remember, I remember with my university one thing they did when we could like still be on campus I think it was last year they had like all these cardboard boxes being piled up and they would put like a number on them but they never really explained what it was until the towards the end of the semester and the number was upwards like maybe 1200 or more but at the end they kind of like described that it was like the amount of food waste in terms of pounds that we threw away just from like people not finishing their plates yeah it's crazy. yeah it's crazy and like 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 what kills me is that there's so many people that are starving and like there's so many like so one thing i haven't mentioned which I feel like this could be like a nice little, um, whatever you call it. Segway. Um, segway. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is that when all of this started happening with COVID, like I felt like we had to do something more um, as a platform. And, you know, we had such a big following that it wasn't just about like, okay, let me help restaurants by telling people like where you can order from. Like, here's your guide to the best uh, Japanese takeout spots. Like, that wasn't enough. We were going to do it, but that wasn't enough. 
So like, how could we help the restaurants and at the same time help people that were like, just like losing their jobs, you know, in the hospitality industry, like, or they were just like, or, you know, nurses that were overworked. How could we help them? Like just vulnerable. There's so many vulnerable communities in Miami um, that are like facing food insecurity. How can we help them? So we decided to launch um, this program called Feed the Chain. So the idea was that we would buy um, $10 meals from restaurants and then we would feed people that needed needed that, those meals the most. Um, so it was kind of like the whole like feed the chain. So like we would, we're not only helping the restaurants but we're also helping like the purveyors. We're helping, like it's all like trickle down to like a chain. Um, you know, the drivers, like trying to maintain obviously on a small scale but you know, eventually trying to scale it and help as many people as we could in within the within the food industry, right? Um, fundraising. I had never ever been in, like, I had never done any sort of fundraising. You know, we have a good amount of followers, but fundraising is another is another game. Yeah. And we, so we started doing it. We launched a GoFundMe, we had like the idea, the creatives, you know, we were communicating with the media, what we were doing. Um, And we've been doing that since April. Um, And it's something that literally kept me going because I felt like, okay, like I'm helping the restaurants and I'm also helping, you know, these communities like that some of them, like we had, we team up with organizations. So there was this like grassroots organizations called Adopt a Family and they were helping um, communities in Miami, families in Miami Beach that have no access to government help. So they're, um, you know, they don't have any, they didn't get a stimulus check, just like no help whatsoever. So like helping feed those families. And honestly, like it's been an incredible experience. Um, I'm so happy that we're doing this and we're not stopping anytime soon. Like we have like, our first goal is a hundred thousand. I mean, we have, so we've raised like 25,000 and we wow. just got a private donor, a, fi- a bri- private donation of 15,000. So we're gonna, with those 15,000, we're gonna do uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas themed lunches and dinners. So I'm really, and we're going to help 10 restaurants. So we're doing like a thousand five hundred meals and it's not a lot, but like, it's a start. That's a lot though. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm really proud and happy that, you know, that we're doing this because I don't know. I'm just not the type of person that can sit back and just be like, Hey, here's your, you know, your burger roundup or whatever. Like it just, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I started talking about this. Like I completely lost my train of thought, but I feel like it was relevant. It is. I don't know how. It is. It's really relevant because it connects to your passion, right? Like in the evolution of everything that y'all doing with that passion. And I'm sure with all of this passion that you have, there's a lot of late night, early mornings for you, as you already talked about. So one thing I, I always like to talk about is self-care, Right. Um, and understanding what self-care looks like for you, right? Because I look at self-care as a evolution, right? I remember in college, self-care was going out and and, and hitting, you know, the the happy hour or whatever it might be, right? And now self-care to me is just like meditating and chilling and 
praying and all of that stuff and taking that time for myself. So for you, what did your self-care journey look like, right? Because I'm sure you're busy, you're on the go, you're moving around. Um, yeah. How do you kind of center yourself and, and really focus in? Because writing is such a creative process. And if you're not in the mindset to write, you just you can't write. So how do you do it? I feel like in college, I, I don't feel like I reflected about self-care as much as I do now. So I was, yeah, like, I, I guess I would unwind with like drinks. Um, but now it's like, I, I do a lot of yoga. Uh, I've always been into yoga, but I'm through the, you know, the pandemic, I've, I feel like I've found more time to do it. Um, just like breathing exercises really helps me. Um, I want to do this thing that I read about the other day, but I haven't done it yet. And it's like waking up every day. I'm not very good with routine. So I'm not that type of person where like my days look the same. No, I'm not. So, but I want to do this one thing, like just like one, just have one thing that's part of the routine where it's like, I will write three pages of like whatever's in my head and like full eight by 11 pages. I, ha I still have to buy the notebook, but it's something that I want to do because I read about it. I forgot, I forgot what it's called. Maybe you guys know, but it's like, there's something, I don't know. I was talking, you know, Kat, I was talking to Kat about it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about it. It's like a creative process and like, it just like helps you because when you write something like, and this I learned in college that you write just the fear, there's like a fear of writing, right? Because mm -hmm. you, you there's pressure in that whatever you put down, it's like, it has to be perfect. And it's like, no, that's not the case. So it's like, just start writing because the first half of it or whatever will be shit and like be okay with that. But the rest will be great. Like it'll start coming out. So I want to do that, but I haven't done it yet. Um, I've also been getting into natural wines. Oh. So yeah, so that is like great. And it's like, not about like, you know, like binge drinking, like it was maybe in college, just like about enjoying like these special wines that are so different. And like, also like, you know, they're organic, they're sustainable, the way that the, the growers are making it. It's just like, I don't, I'm learning a little bit more. My sister's super into it. So she's like been like teaching me and like, I've just been getting more into it. Just like a glass of wine. And I mean, I think that's great. So yeah, that's, I think that's kind of like what I've been doing. Um, and then I guess the last thing is just like not, not being hard on myself for like the way I do things because I, like I write down like all the things I have to do and like, but I have so many things to do and I like never, never really finish that list. So it's kind of like, okay, like maybe just like circling the four things that I really have to do today and like really thinking about like what can wait till tomorrow mm. and just like cutting myself a break because if not like there's no disconnection and and I have a really big problem disconnecting um so that that has kind of sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um or like on the weekends like I tell myself I'm going to do all these things but then it's like I don't want to do them so like why can't I have my weekend so just like trying to not give myself a hard time for just like like just saying like I'm not gonna work this weekend and like be okay with that yeah um and there was one more thing I was gonna say fuck I forgot um 
you know, I forgot. <laughs> if you catch it, yeah. we'll come back to it. We'll circle back. Okay. Hearing like your whole self-care routine, especially throughout the pandemic, I feel like I've seen like some myself and just hearing what you were saying, because I remember at the start for me, it was like a lot of binge drinking and just like talking to my friends on the phone. And then as time went on, like I can't do this for like four months. Yeah. So like I started Oh, I remembered the phone. The phone. Cause you said like disconnecting and being on the phone. Oh yeah. No, because it's like you're on your phone all day. So like how do you like I try at least on the weekends where I feel like I don't have to be so on my phone. I just try to like leave it somewhere else, you know, mm. and just like do what I'm doing. Like people nowadays can't even watch TV without their phones, like TV. It's like entertaining enough. And it's like, you find yourself like, I like the white noise. I'm not going to lie, but it's like, just leave the phone somewhere else, you know? That's so true. And like you, I feel like you have to like, apologize for not having your phone but it's like why like the world is not gonna end if I don't you know I don't know I'm just trying to think of something like like something small that is not like the end of the world like okay if if I didn't do the stories for that restaurant that you know that I went yesterday no I can do them tomorrow like I don't have to do them right now so those things yeah, yeah. I, had to, I had to start using like the downtime side on my phone because I think it was one time I looked at it and I was like, you spent 12 hours on your phone today. I'm like, how? <laughs> exactly. That's the dark truth. I just saw mine just <laughs> last week. I was on there 11, 11 hours and like 47 minutes. But Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but before we wrap up, I always like to kind of end with this question. This is always my go-to question. Um, if you had to think of a song or maybe an artist or an album that mm -hmm. embodies you currently, maybe within, let's just say maybe last week's mood, right? Last week's vibe. What song, artist, or album might that be? And same thing for you, Patrick. I'll, I'll share mine as well, so after. Oh my God, I'm so like different moods for everything. Um, I just made a playlist of like the songs I was into in like 2004, like, like, just like romantic songs. Like, it's like a lot. And they're like in Spanish mostly, but like, I don't even want you to associate that with me. Cause it's just like very like, um, how do you say? Like cheesy songs. Um, with that. I know, but I feel like I should say something better. Um, <laughs> I've been listening. Um, well, I always listen to this composer. See, this sounds like more interesting. Mm. Uh, Lud Ludovico Enuandi. So I don't know. Are you familiar? Do you like classical music? I do love classical music. Okay. I might be butchering his last name, but he's um, he's amazing. So like, did you ever see a French movie called um, Les Intouchables? Like The Untouchables? It's like oh, about. I know what you're talking about. I don't think I've seen it in full. I've seen parts of it, but I never. Okay, it's a beautiful new movie, and they made a remake with Kevin Hart, if I'm not mistaken, um, of an American version. But watch the French version. But the soundtrack in that movie, like, is amazing. And one of the a lot of the a lot of the scored music. Well, I don't know if it's scored, but a lot of the music is from this composer, and it's just like it's just so soothing. 
and like I'll literally like when I just can't like think anymore I just would literally like be in my car and I'll just like put that on and like it's just so amazing um he did like this concert for Greenpeace in the Arctic so Uh it was like all about like um it was all about you know shedding light to like how the Arctic is just like getting destroyed and like you know everything with climate change and it's like came on a piano in like an iceberg and it's I'll send it to you guys it's incredible because I really love classical music and like I will that's my go-to guy yeah and the soundtrack of Parasite is amazing also amazing uh, classical music that is so I listen to that that's that's what I've been listening to (laughs) you go I had a good answer but all right Patrick you go and then I'll talk about I gotta think about which direction I want to go uh, all right. I don't feel like I listen to one set genre of music. Like when I'm in the gym, I'll start listening to like Pop Smoke, Meek Mill and all that and like all this crap. But when I'm in the car, I'll start listening to like classic acoustics. Like one song that pops out to me is Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Oh my God, I love that song. Yeah, because I feel like it was probably the other day or something. I was driving back home from work. I'm like, I just don't I don't need to take things so seriously. I just need to let things happen. Everything happens for a reason, like you said. Yeah, totally. I did see that on our, uh, on our, now I'm connecting the dots. I saw the Meek Mill thing. We just did a a post on our Instagram about your favorite rapper and Patrick put Meek Mill. So it it makes sense now. I love that. (laughs) Philly energy. I like that. So I was going to pick someone else. So I actually have, I made a love playlist, which is a little cheesy, but it's a bunch of like old school love songs. So when you were saying that, I was like, dang, I relate to that. And I made <laughs> one. And then, you know, it was good. I'm trying to think who's on there. I got like Music Soul Child. Um, who else? Sade, Erica Badu. And I got like some Arctic on there. So it's a nice mixture. That's what I like to listen to on Sundays, just to relax. But going off of your classical music, there's this guy named Peter Sandberg, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has this project called Scandinavian Nights. And it's like classic modern jazz. Uh, oh, cool. So vibey. It's just like, it just transports you. So I, we got to trade some stuff. Yes, I please. got, I got, I got some stuff for you. It's really Okay, good. okay. Please send it to me. Okay, awesome. I definitely will. Um, but yeah, I think for us, I think what would be, and I always forget this question, but if you had to give someone advice starting tomorrow, going into their dream career, their field, trying to build their business, what would that one piece of advice be? I guess it would, um, and it's going to sound, it's going to sound cheesy, but like, have courage and like speak up about things like just like you know go with your gut speak up and just like have courage like I have had moments in my life where I I felt that like or like look back and just thought like I wish I would have spoken up and I wish I would just like you know maybe believed in my capabilities a little bit more and just had the courage to say whatever is on my mind and just go with it um and I've been listening to, um, do you guys know Simon Sinek? Oh, that's my guy. Wow. 
I've read all his books. Kid you not. God, I love him so much. Like, I love him so much. Like, he speaks to me. Okay, so you know he has a podcast, right? I, I do. I haven't listened to it yet, but I know. Okay, so listen to, I mean, he's he finished the first season, and now he started the second season. Um, there's one about courage, um, and it really helped me. Just because, like, there's just moments right now that you just, like, you just need someone to, like, give it to you real. And I feel like he's just such a good job. And he's just, like, he's so inspiring, inspiring. And, like, I love the way he communicates with others. And because I feel what he's saying. And he just does it in a very simple way. But it's so beautiful. Um, and it's not, like, because there's a lot of motivational speakers that it's just, like, I oh, shut up. Like, ugh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I don't, but he's just not that person. And I, I love him so much. So listen to it. All of his episodes are amazing. The last one with his sister made me cry. Um, but yeah, I would love to meet him. So if you, <laughs> I hope he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> right, Simon, if you listen to it, you know, we love you. Pull up. Come, come to Miami. <laughs> exactly. But I'll send you, I'll send you the episode that I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, just like have courage and like, just like go with your gut. Yeah. yeah I love that. I think that's a great way to end the podcast. We want to thank you so much, uh, Dre, uh, for jumping on here because, you know, it means a lot. You're a busy woman and we want to you know give your flowers and we always end our podcast with a round of applause my interns always make fun of me for this my intern literally we did like a panel last week and she was just like yeah you know just be like mo do the round of applause thing and i was like i love it but uh thank you so much honestly and and it is a great to connect with you through this as well because you have so much yeah I know. I love it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Patrick and Mo. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you all to our listeners, whether this is your morning routine, your evening routine, or your routine before you hit the gym like Patrick. So uh, we'll chat with you all and we're out. Skr, skr. <laughs>